welcome to Progression Over Destination. This is episode number one. We, well, it's going to be a bit self-titled, because yeah. it's me and Jack. Who? Jack Moroni. Lovely. So, state, state, well, go back to it. State your name, occupation, <laughs> and favourite beige snack, Jack. Uh, my name is Jack Moroni. I own and run Old Alton's Print Studio. Based in Tembe, and my favourite beige snack is probably a Greg sausage roll. Greg sausage roll. Yes. You allowed to say Greg's? Are we sponsored? Sponsored by. <laughs> we'll like take a sponsorship if you're listening. Sponsorship by Greg's. So um, we're going to start by asking. Well, we're always going to start. We're always going to ask each other <laughs> questions or ask our guest a question, a yeah. set of questions. Yeah. Take it easy on us, podcasters, because we've never done this before, and we're. Not struggling. If you don't like it, you can just turn it off. <laughs> uh, so, the first thing I want to ask Jack is, how did you start your business? And did you get any funding or help from anyone? Uh, <clears throat> I started it because my parents owned two surf and skate shops. And they were sick of, I think, basically just having all the big name brands in. And... Um, they just asked me if I'd like to try and print t-shirts or design t-shirts. So we bought a, a starter kit off offline and just took it from there, really. Okay, so we're, so you're not just going to end up printing t-shirts because that, like, that's obviously not a forefront, or like a start. Yeah. So how would they get to that point of asking you that? Obviously, they saw an interest in what you did for you to develop into that line for them like rather than them just saying well you can print some of these t-shirts yeah uh yeah well i guess so i think i i was doing the year at crafty draft doing digital illustration and they could see like my progression through that through drawing and i was drawing a lot at home anyway so i think they just saw what i was drawing and thought they could sell it in the shop and then just went from there really and then they just kind of bombarded me with let's do it and it scared me a little bit, but we just bit the bullet and did it anyway. So. Okay, so you ne- so when you started, you you like you didn't go through any uni universities or no, uni things or no did, nothing any courses that like helped mm. you and started you off. Nope, nothing. Completely self taught, all on YouTube. Everything I've learned is from YouTube. Even illustration, um, everything has literally been YouTube. Cool. No illustration courses or anything. And. Obviously, I know a few of these things that Jack's going to say, but there's always things that we learn about each other. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that Jack... <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> what didn't you? Personally. You didn't know me personally? No, personally. Used to, with the, you know, the dog and the peanut butter. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, well, not again. <laughs> nah. So anyway, one time. One time. <laughs> two times. Right. So, um, second sort of question that we've got lined up, which we'll again, like I said, we'll be asking everyone is, do you think that being able to like physically build things helps your business, and and if you obviously don't build stuff. Do you utilize your business to pay tradesmen? So, for example, for you, you would like if if you needed some carpentry done, then you'd get some guy to build some doors, and you'd give him some t-shirts for like like contra contra based thing. Yeah, I did a bit of contra in the beginning for Radio Pembrokeshire, and I didn't really understand what contra meant, and I've still got outstanding contra with Radio Pembrokeshire, 
um, which is you know it's quite annoying, but um, I'll get round to it in the end, eventually even. Um, but I can't build anything. I'm I'm inept. I built the coffee table we've got our feet on right now. It's nothing wrong with sturdy. It's sturdy, yeah. Sturdy. Um, but other how than long that, has it been there for? It's been about a year now. Been a year. Yeah, but other than that, my dad is pretty handy, and he builds everything for me when I ask him to. Cool. Which is good. Um, how do you feel about people in the industry that are good at what they do? And like, are you ever checking their social media, thinking you're doing Always. as well? Uh, and is is yeah. there any any people in, like personally that you've looked up at that have turned around and gone like, come back to you and shown you that you do actually do well? A print house in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, I when I first started learning how to do everything. I found them online. Obviously, I knew a new bit, knew a bit about them. So I took all my machinery up there to test, because basically when I was exposing my screens, they were all going fucking wrong. Yeah, everything was going wrong. So I took all my machines up there. I took my exposure unit up there and ran all the tests up there. And they basically said to me like, everything you're doing is correct. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. All you've got to do is change the bulbs out. So they were of the exposure unit to uh, to make sure you. You do it properly, but they were they were really helpful, and they is that right? Does that answer the question? Yeah, does that make sense. So, but how do you feel about like other people in the industry that are good at what they do? Do you ever do you have like that bit of like envious stuff towards them, or like not jealousy, but like do you feel a bit like I want to be at that stage? Yeah. Do I, like do you want do you feel like oh, I really need to be at that stage? But unbeknownst to you, you're probably at that stage anyway. Yeah, or I've passed that stage and I'm dwelling on the fact that I don't think I've hit that yet. Yeah. Like, I don't realise I've surpassed what I'm wanting to do. Mm. There's a few print shops that I follow online and they all look like they're doing amazing, but I, I'd imagine they've been through the same shit I've been through. Yeah. So, in that, off the back of that question, four for us is, would you want to ever coll- like collaborate with anyone, maybe in your field or with anyone else that's not in your field? Yeah, I'd love. I'm always open to do collaborations, but I'm not really sure how to go about it. I guess the only thing you can do is just message them and ask, because mm. you can only ask, and they can either say yes or no. So, it's just whether or not I'm up mentally to take that no. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's about it really. I'd love to collaborate with tattoo cool. artists, illustrators, and anyone really. Anyone in creative industries. Hmm. Creative yeah. industry. Uh, do you find that music can inspire you within the work that you do? Um, and if so, what kind of music do you choose to like get you motivated? Or like, do you have music on to help you focus within your work? Or? Music's really difficult here because w- me, Brit, and Wiggles all have like a different music taste. My name is Wiggles. Wiggles, Wiggles. Wiggles is a screen printer. Okay. And Brit's head of embroidery. So Brit's massively into a D&B and like... Ugh. Oh, she sounds horrific. <laughs> but I don't mind it now though because it's like kind of drilled into me, you know? It's... I don't... Yeah, that is it. And then Wiggles is into his Disney sing-alongs and then there's me who loves my heavy metal. So it's hard to, to please but I don't tend... I, I find it difficult choosing music to put on in the studio because... I I have to concentrate 
and if I have music on, I can't concentrate. Yeah. But when I'm drawing, I will put music on. So it's usually going to be something really heavy. Okay. Wage War, Memphis Mayfire, anything uh, heavy like that. Okay. Whereas I think me and you are very different in that. Yeah. You don't, you're not heavy metal at all. No. Not at all. I listen to a lot of punk and indie. Yeah. And uh, the odd bit of Taylor Swift. Oh, I love a bit of Taylor Swift, me. Yeah, I don't actually. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> don't. She's horrific. With a capital C on the end. Uh, are there any <laughs> mottos or mantras that you live by? How's your chakras lined up? My chakras. Uh, pretty much all over the fucking shop, really. Uh, your your little boy, Harry. Big up. Big up, my man. Big wheel up. Who uh, learned to ride a bike recently after I bought him a bike from Alfred. <laughs> and just wheeled him out the door. Wheeled him out, <laughs> <laughs> out of the, uh, the foyer and into the car park. <laughs> Don't in traffic. Dad, you still hold it on? Nope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he said to me, "Just keep on, well, just keep swimming." About a year ago now, and I think that's that for me is is resonate. So we'll set the scene of what actually like what went on there. Um, Jack came to mind, uh, struggling with little bits and bobs in life as everyone does, and my son was six at the time, mm. and he was listening over. He was listening to a conversation. Probably shouldn't have been listening to the conversation, but. No. We thought he was just watching TV. Yeah, just a normal and it wasn't, watching SpongeBob. It wasn't anything that like he couldn't listen to. Um, and with me, my children are there to be not just children. They can absorb whatever they want. But obviously... like Well, he could sense that I was upset. Yeah. He could sense that something was... Something was something going was, on. Uh, he was in the usual, pick him up by his legs and turn him upside down. No. <laughs> Take his pocket money. Take his pocket money. But it was... Um, <coughs> He was watching a film, and he could hear that we were all on the chat. And me and Jack were on the chat on the sofa, and he just turned around and was like, "Just keep swimming, Jack. Just yeah. keep swimming." Hit yeah. me right in the feels. Just in didn't the expect feels. it. And it's been, it's been. I think it's a good one. That's a it really is, good one. and he and he will tattoo it. On Even me. Well, he won't his... tattoo on me, but I will get him to write it out and tattoo it on me. Find a Nemo. I'll tattoo on you. Yeah. Face. Yeah. And my <laughs> and your eye. Uh, backwards so I can read it in the mirror yeah <laughs> with that in mind have you ever found that you feel overwhelmed with the way that your business runs um, like so you've been overwhelmed with customer needs or what is needed of you for a business to run every day every day <laughs> every day every day I'm struggling yeah uh, yeah well the likes of Britain Wiggles coming to me with inquiries and, and everything like asking me what to do in the day and stuff I never had that in the beginning. I had to, I had to go and find that information myself and learn it. You know, by going and finding that information, like I didn't have the answer from somebody straight away. It yeah. had to be something I picked up, offline or through forums that I was in. It's just quite draining when they come to you every day. So, do you feel that with Brit and Wigglepuss, that you, if they had a problem in work? You feel that you could resolve those problems at the minute, or do you feel like do you feel like knowledgeable enough to lead them through it, or do you feel like sometimes that you need to go and Google something yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, all the time. I'm like, well, I've never had that. Yeah, yeah, pretty to, much. So it's like trebled your sort of like intake of problems. 
Yeah, because I've got so much going on in my head. Like I, everything I know, everything that is going on in this business, and they're fortunate enough to only know what they're working on. Like yeah. yes, they've got other jobs on in the background that they don't need to do, but they know that they've got a task that they do that day, and that's what they work on. Yeah. Whereas I know I've got eighty million other things on my plate that I need to do. Like right now, I know I need to be coating screens ready for the week. Right yeah. now, I need to be in there coating screens, but I'm gonna do it tomorrow morning. Yeah, tomorrow never comes. That's one thing I always know. Yeah, that's your motto. That's what I hmm. push. I push everything away and deal with it the day I need to deal with it. Yeah, like because I'm too busy being busy, <laughs> like with myself. Yeah, and yeah, I think I've over the last couple of years I've sort of like zoned in on that to kind of stop any anxiety or any sort of um, I don't know pressure to feel that I need to get next week's stuff done yeah unless I'm smacked in the face and I have to do it mm. then I'll do it like this week I had three deadlines to get done and, and that's a new thing for me but you did them but I did them yeah. but I ended up doing like 60 hours this week and but then you'll have four deadlines in a couple of weeks time and yeah. you do that too yeah but until but this you was get my, to that point. Yeah. Well, this week I did my first five-colour front, five-colour back Yeah. for a brewery up in Swansea. and, and What's the name of the brewery? Tikuru. Cool. They're just opening now. And uh, it was a hell of a learning curve for me because I've only got a six-colour station press. Yeah. So I had to do all of the backs, take all the screens off once I'd finished them, and then set up for all the fronts. Yeah. So that means if I fuck up a front print, I've then got to take all the fronts off, put all the back screens back on and reprint that again. Okay. And I managed to mess up three hoodies wow. on both occasions. So I had to change the screens four times. Did you get new hoodies in, yeah? Yeah, I got new hoodies in, but it was the time it was the time that I took to exchange those screens off and on again yeah. four times. And that, that, for me, nearly broke me this week. Because I didn't need that stress. And yeah. it was stupid mistakes as well. Yeah. Like, because I was tired. So, if you're tired, question eight is, what do you do to wind down? Silly, but I draw. You draw? Yeah. Cool. Any, any, so, when you're drawing, you're obviously listening to a bit of music. No, I draw in silence. Draw it's in really silence. weird, yeah. That's what I did the other day. I found it was really good. Yeah. Because you get into a thing called flow state, you know, flow state, right? Yeah. Where anyone can talk to you and you can agree to anything. And then do, you set, do you look at the clock? No, 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 you still not. Yeah, I just so don't. what about being like having the responsibility to be somewhere? So, like, say, for example, your missus wants you to go out for some food and you've just sat there drawing in your pants for the last five hours. Yeah, what happens then? I get ready really, really, really quick. Okay. <laughs> well, what do you do? Uh, I think this is the first time. In the ages, where Saturday was where I sat down and drew. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't like. I I did a painting, and I didn't actually have to be anywhere till about six. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Though. And then I got to a point where I was like so fed up of drawing and painting, because I'd done like a, an A three, drawing of a snake and an eagle having a fight, bumming each other, but having a bum. Um, and 
it just it really relaxed me and sorted me out for this week. I think it's like because I felt that I wanted to do a nice drawing before a convention. And it's been playing my mind to doing it, and I didn't think I'd ever get. I didn't get think I'd get the time to do it. Mm. But I, I made I somehow made the time. And usually I think that yeah. Where'd like, you pull those? Like how how long were you drawing for? Four hours. <clears throat> where'd you pull those hours from? Um, what drop? I went to work. The... I went to work on a Saturday. When I never go to work on a Saturday. Yeah, but what drop, by, what drop by the wayside in order for you to draw? So for me, like today at home, I should have been doing the laundry. I should have been doing cleaning. Oh, yeah. Should well, have mowed the lawn and stuff. Like, what drop by the wayside in order for you to just... What drop by the wayside? Um, so I <laughs> was supposed to rebuild a bed. So <laughs> my mattress is now on the floor. Smash. Yeah, so that's fine. I can stay on the floor. But I'm in an attic bedroom anyway, so it's, it's giving me about another foot. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, so I'm just uh, going to do it tomorrow. But, but tomorrow <laughs> never comes. <laughs> tomorrow evening, before I get to bed. Yeah. I think. There's one time for me that stands out the most is where I, where I was living in Australia with me and Kelsey. And um, she left me at work at 7 in the morning on the sofa I was watching TV and drawing and she came home at 7 that evening and I was still in the same place I hadn't moved I'd drawn for 12 hours straight without any breaks oh god any breaks at all definitely had some kind of fish finger sandwich in between them (laughs) is that euphemism (laughs) no no (laughs) right number 9 where do you see your business in a year's time one year. One that's not year. long, that's 12 months. That's... 365 days. 360, end of summer next year. 52 weeks. Do you see you're not being a load of blamange, or do you see... <laughs> <laughs> that is a euphemism, right? That is a euphemism. <laughs> do you see... Uh, Obviously, you've got, you've got a really good backing with mum and dad. Yes. With, like, a f- not, like, a financial structure, but the, the structure that came to start your business off. Mm. And you've only ever been growing out of that. So I would presume you haven't got any financial worries about what would happen because you are like a fucking steam train. Yeah. So are there any other... Well, you answer that. Is it anything that you would be worried about? I think the main thing that worries me the most at the moment is knowing that mum and dad want to retire and they don't want to be working anymore. They want to be going like they've gone away to St David's now for three nights, yeah. four nights, whatever they've done. They've, they've gone away. Big up to the smaller city in the in the country. Yeah, yeah. So they've gone up there to get away and stuff. And you know, if they'd have done that six months ago, a year ago, I'd been bricking it. Yeah. But I know I mentally now I'm in a place where I can handle the work that's coming yeah. in, and I don't need to rely on mum to organise all the shit in the store in there because yeah. Wiggles is trained up now and Brit smashing it. You know, so. Yeah. Well, but nice. in six months' time, I'd like to be able to handle everything. Yeah. The wages, you know, the accounts, all the cash flow, I'd love to be able to handle that. So you obviously are going to need more manpower because... Yes. So do you think that your place is going to accommodate that? Like, your studio is now is quite... Like, you, you've already outgrown one studio, one yeah. print studio, which 
to us when we first went, it was like, Jesus, this is quite big. Yeah. You were first of all, you were in your garage. Yeah. In your mum's, which was tiny. Yeah, I look back on pictures of that now and think, how the like, hell did I even function in yeah, there? Yeah, it's like you got your dad's garage with his motorbike still in there. Yeah. Two motorbikes in there. Two, yeah. Then you've gone, you went to a unit which, what was the. the 750 square foot down the Sultans. Yeah. And that's where you were next door to Tembe Brewing Company, which we will be speaking to in a few weeks' time. Yep. Um, which is James and Rob. Yep. Robert. Robert. Um, so. <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- I think when we moved to this place we're in now, we all agreed that we wouldn't be leaving here the thing that we agreed would be that we would find another space. Yeah. And we would keep where we are now. Yeah. So this is your HQ. Yes. This so even that. even if this eventually turns into offices and we find a warehouse out in a field or whatever, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But that's going to be the main thing. We've got so much car park space that we can build into as well. Yeah. If, obviously, the landlord... You could put a temporary structure there as well. Yeah. We were thinking about shipping container. Yeah. You know. But, um... Yeah, I think I think the next step is to smash through the next couple of months and just to see what happens, really. Okay, cool. Um, is there anything exciting in the pipeline for you in the next few months? I'm going to Australia in five weeks. <laughs> so work related is that is that anything to do with work or is that personal? Uh, that's personal. My cousin's getting married out there, so it's going to be a nice three. Congratulations! Years. Yeah, congratulations! It's going to be a nice three week break. But off the back of going out there, I will be hopefully getting to sit down with the owner of Bailey Nelson to record for this podcast. And Bailey Nelson is? Bailey Nelson is a company my sister works for, and they own 53 stores worldwide. So, fingers crossed, I actually get to sit down with Pete, or Nick, or Jackie, or anybody, and just chat to them like we are now. Do you think they'll know what a beige snack is? I don't think they will. I, I think, think we'll have will. to Australianise it. There's a lot of pie, a pie and pasty. Pack a pie. Pack a pie. Pack a pie, mate. Um, 7-Eleven. Late night pie, pie shops in uh, Byron Bay. They yeah. open after the clubs, clubs close. I used to love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Just go get a hot pie. Chicken, chicken and mushroom pie. Right, okay. So this is a question that Jack hasn't read. Oh, God. Are there any personal life-changing moments that you feel have defined you? Mm. Um... And if you prefer not to hear what's happened, that's totally understandable. So either state yes or no. And if it is yes, what did you take from that situation to help you progress further and get to your current destination? Holy shit. Uh, wow. So I had counselling last year. I had about seven sessions of counselling. I moved in with you for two weeks. Yeah. Because I didn't know where the fuck my head was at. Felt like... My life just got ripped out from beneath me. No idea what happened. No, no, no idea what the trigger was. Um, but yeah, I, I had to. I had to seek help. So I did that. Got medication. Still on it to this day, and it is the best thing I've ever done. And I think the main thing I took from that is. Uh, Tap you on your finger. Tattoo on my finger, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain that one? Um, I 
You don't have to. You can just stick it, stick it up to me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Not at me, yeah. but at me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just reality over expectation, really. And I think for for me, it was my expectations were so high of everybody. My bar was just too high, and nobody could meet it. Yeah. Not even my partner. And that 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 was that was a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. So when I finally got the help and the counselling and stuff, that massively helped me and realised that, you know, it, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Yeah. I was okay, I had a lot of people around me and the more I started speaking about it, the more people started talking to me about their problems and, I don't know, it was just, uh, yeah, I'm a lot happier now than I was then, put it that way. Good. And obviously we've talked about we like lately touched upon mental health. We will be chatting to the Get the Boys Lift boys, who do a lot for people in Pembrokeshire and well nationwide now. Maybe world, world, worldwide. <laughs> maybe one day. Don't Prestige, know. Prestige World Gap. <laughs> we've got a few exciting people to talk about. Yeah, I think we've got a lot in the pipeline now. I think this was the this is the hardest part is starting it. Putting like, time aside to do it. Yeah, when because we've got a thousand of other oh things to God, do. God, me and you, me and you are so. I never, never expected to be this busy. I remember, I remember walking into your container in the studio on your farm, and I remember saying to you, "I'm starting t-shirt printing," and you would, you just went, "Fuck yeah, yeah, like it's about time." Yeah, and uh, I, I also remember, the times where instead of. Uh, like seeing each other for the evening to think about doing a podcast or to tell people what we've done or where we want to go or how we want to go or interview people that we find interesting that we were sat there and I was learning my trade on you yeah I completely forget that and like for me you were the first person I met when I moved here or Mm. knew when I moved here out of my ex-wife's circle yeah. Family that she knew. Yeah, she was. The, I mean, you were the only person I knew. So, <clears throat> for me, this is obviously massive to be sat here now, not giving a shit about my actual work that I want to do. Yeah, that I need to do. And putting it aside to do this. Aside to do something I want to do. Yeah, and I don't think you do enough for yourself. No, I don't. I really don't. I think you 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 focus so much on other people. And yeah. well. <laughs> Join us after a break where we'll be discussing oh, Matthew's life. Matthew. <laughs> the colourful life of Matthew Price. <laughs> hey guys, thank you very much for listening to part one of Progression Over Destination. Stay tuned for part two where we interview Matthew Price of Susan Tattoo. How did you start your business? I know you didn't get your funded or anything, but if you'd like to tell the listeners how okay. you so started my business. Okay, so I um, I did a degree in fine art contemporary media. I forget that. In Newport University. I did Before that, I did, I took three buses to get to college um, to do uh, a BA Ons in Art. Is it? B-R- or, or, no, or some B-Tech National Diploma in Fine Art. 
Um, I lived in the middle of nowhere in the the Welsh valleys and ended up obviously getting to where I did because I I had to. I wanted it. I wanted at the start I didn't it wasn't tattooing was never a thing for me it was more of I wanted to be a teacher I wanted to be an art teacher and then I got to college did my art and realised that I didn't have a GCSE in English so where did you work before you came down to Pembrokeshire oh you just uh, Port Talbot right no I, when I moved to Pembrokeshire I worked in the steelworks I used to work in Asda I was the, the chief trolley pusher <laughs> at one point I think I still hold the record for the 150 pushed uh, through the car park on a Sunday because I really wanted to get fucking home. Um, and then I worked, when I was in uni, I ended up being in the photo centre, which was amazing because I got to develop photographs and I used that, I utilised that for my degree, which I think is a key thing to do for anyone, is whatever job you're doing, make sure you utilise that job to help you in the next thing you're doing whether or not it's the next job or whether or not it's a personal benefit I'm not saying to go there and like you know if you work in bakery steal all the baps oh, but um love a bap <laughs> I'm just saying like I think I've read something before about the guy from Disturbed that used to work in an office and he would just use the company like printer to print out their flyers yeah and then post them everywhere like yeah. I kind of you know, did that, you know, I, I had my colleague disc out and stuff and I printed out photographs and did them to a really good quality and ended up doing a lot of collage work to get me through my degree. Um, off the back of finishing my degree, I found myself in an extreme part of limbo um, and I took a job that I didn't want to do, but again, I took the job that would let me draw all day and I was answering phones in Cardiff I wanted to live with the boys in Cardiff and I ended up getting tattooed a lot when I was there and I just f- fell back for it even though I'd had a tattoo like five or six years before that maybe yeah uh, ended up um, I was really good mates for the boys from Physical Graffiti on City Road um, ended up sort of helping them with reception and hanging out a bit going like went to a convention with them I was really good mates with the piercer, um, and then I ended up buying my machine through the shop. Um, it was, it wasn't really uh, the good way to do things, and it wasn't. I was kind of told not to buy my machine that way, but at the time that I bought my machine, you couldn't really buy them at a convention or get approval you were before you bought them. Well, you just couldn't. Uh, it wasn't it was a mail order sort of sort of industry and massively frowned upon to buy a tattoo machine. Really? It was like this is probably about twelve years ago. Um I then um met my now ex wife. Uh we she is from Pembrokeshire, so we moved down here um and decided to start a family. Um with that in mind I just took whatever job I needed to. Um, I was working down the refinery seven days a week. Like, I remember this because we, I was trying to time, because I couldn't get my head around your shift pattern at first. Because I remember, now I remember it was four days on, four days off. This is a different job. Right, so... <coughs> the refinery? 
No, the refinery is different to the steelworks. They're, they're the same two, thing. They're not. No, they're two different. Completely. Do you not refine places. steel in a steelwork refinery? Right, refinery is an oil refinery. So that's the petrochemical industry. Oh fuck! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, I worked, I worked as grounds work, like uh, yeah, did groundworks for a company. Uh, we used to have to be put under pipes dig out holes and then fill them with concrete to put structures in to hold the pipes up they were full of gas full of petrol full of whatever full of these horrific substances it was a shit job but the boys were pretty good so it was toughened me up made me more of a man um, then I got made redundant and we had a little boy and I moved moved into um, my ex-wife's farm well her dad's leased a farm so we moved there and it was a massive space that needed loads of work and it was a lot of maintenance um, but there was a spare entrance there was an entrance to the house that we could lock off um, and we obviously saw potential in that for a later date for me to put a tattoo studio in that uh, which I didn't tattoo in until I got the council over but previous to that I was tapping my legs. Um, is that in the side of the house? In the side of the house, yeah. That was the first step. But that was where I... That's when you, I first met you, properly. Um, and at that time I was working four days on, four days off in Port Albert Steelworks, which is an hour and 15 minutes drive um, from the house I was living at. Uh, and, yeah, driving home on the wrong side of the road because I'm tired I'm falling asleep yeah, and the truck yeah. coming towards you is not the coolest thing um, and then taking your boy to nursery pretending that you were sleeping to your missus when you were just up drawing and then being ridiculously like tired being up through the night with a child that <laughs> liked to bounce <laughs> on my head um, and wanting to be that dad that helped the mum was an extreme part of my yeah. tiredness literally could f- I can still feel how my body would shake after a night shift so we'd, I'd work I wouldn't do a 7 day week like everyone else I'd do a 8 day week which would be 4 days on steelworks and then eventually it was 4 days tattooing so I'd come home from a night shift yeah and I'd try and time it when you were home to get tattooed yeah but I'd always lose track of days because I was doing disability support work then yeah so I was living in with a client for 2 weeks mm. So I think that was quite difficult to, to yeah. plan around it. But So I, um, I remember ringing my dad and saying, uh, I need to get my insurance up and running. Uh, I need to pay for... I'd like planned everything out of what I needed to do. I need to get my insurance up and running because I've tattooed my legs. My legs are really all right. I need to get my insurance. I need to get the council over here to check that everything's cool. And it's going to cost me 600 quid. And his answer was, we well, need to do more shifts in the steelworks. <laughs> so I did. Um, and obviously with what didn't go on, it didn't, like what didn't go to us as a family went to my tattooing. You know, and I'll, always, I'll never forget that from like the yeah, struggle, you never the struggle really... was, was, was with me in the small family that I was with. Yeah, but you, you never really went out or anything. I think No, I never went out. I think the first time I met you was in the Prince of Wales, and that was like the last night out that you went on yeah. before you started this tattoo road, really. Yeah. I don't, like, I'm not a type of person who likes to 
is now indulging, going out and shit and yeah. dancing to crap music. I mean, we do love that. Yeah, we do now and again. But yeah. So, for me, the start was um, non-funded. Uh, but I will say, but my dad was one. It was quite a funny situation. Is I he asked me for a lift to take my on the beers, and I uh, was at, over his house, and my little boy was obviously with my missus at the time. She, they were like at his house, and he said, "I'll take me over to the to go out." And I dropped him off, and as I dropped him off, he threw 150 quid on the dashboard of my car and went, that's the taxi fee. So that was his way of saying, well then, you've you've got to where you've got. Yeah. And that was his... We've also had a discussion for, like before, like after that, and it was, I never had it, why should I give it? Yeah. You know? And Dad runs a really big company now, and it's good at what he does, and like, I don't really rely on Dad, and I wouldn't ask for anything because that's not how it works that's not yeah. how he worked us and he's got where he wanted so why can't that's, that's mad you do this like I can't I can, I'm not in that mindset to even go down that path even though I've got four really supportive parents which has massively made a difference to me in the last year Um, that you know that sort of I, I can't get into that mindset of oh I need to ask dad to lend me some money to do this or I need to grow my business I can't, I can't do that I physically can't get that in me to do that yeah does that make sense so that's where my journey started yeah I don't I, don't, I think you're very different to me in that sense I won't ask mum and dad for help like I'm really lucky to be so close with my mum and dad that they'll just do it they can see it yeah they, they they'll see, see that I need help so they'll give it to me yeah. and I won't refuse that because I know that they're yeah, but they want it. Back to buying stuff, like when I told my stepfather and my mum that I was gonna wanted to be a tattooist, I thought my stepfather was like, "Here's four hundred quid to buy a machine." When I first initially started, so then when I had that machine and I was put, it was put underneath my bed because <laughs> it was frowned upon for me to be tattooing. Everyone was like, "Well, we're not gonna give you any more fucking." help towards that yeah. you got a fucking choice of using that machine <clears throat> which put me in an awkward predicament because I didn't want to start using the machine because you didn't have your insurance because you couldn't afford it well at the time when I bought my machine I was still living in Cardiff so I was hanging around with the people that would tell me that I couldn't use a machine but bought a machine with and then my parents told me that I needed to use my machine <laughs> so it was like uh, where do I start like when do I start when do I start Giving a fuck about other people and yeah. telling them no, I'm gonna do what I want to do. Yeah. You know, and because you tried to go for a, a job at the your tattoo shop up there, right? Yeah, a few. I went to a few apprent, like apprentice openings, and I was just like, I really want to do this. And they're like, Yeah, that's cool, but you need to like go away and practice. And well, no, it was like I did a week at physical graffiti, and they were just like, they there was one one or two of them really really wanted me there. One of them didn't. Yeah. And one, the one that didn't had the shot with the other one. So, so yeah. yeah, there was never going to be, there's never going to be a smooth set with, to get through it. And that, and to be honest, it's made me, it made, it made me tough to those things, you know? And I think moving out of that circle and moving to Pembrokeshire to, taught me that they had nothing to do with my life anyway. I can, you can you can switch those people off, mm. 
you don't need like negative influences you need people to fucking support you and you just like that's the main you know you surround yourself by good people that will support you doing it no one's gonna fucking frown upon you if you do like a tattoo on them because you'll do a really good job on them mm. if they trusted you yeah so I mean I wouldn't have got a tattoo with you in the beginning if I didn't trust you I mean you took my phone off me in the Prince of Wales and Tembi put your name in his matte tattoo with like 19 million O's on tattoo yeah. and a skull on the end of it and said text me if you ever want to get tattooed yeah I texted you the day after and then pretty much a couple of days after that you were tattooing me yeah I don't know why I trusted you because I'd never met you and you were a boy from well, N- Tradiga. The, yeah, but the part uh, part of that which is missing is I did album artwork for your band. You did. I could, I've literally college. just glanced up and seen the artwork on my wall now. So that was because <coughs> I was in a little college band. It was nothing but fun. And I did artwork for us and we recorded at a studio called Screamadelica which is by... Mug Five on Instagram, which is Chris, um, Chris Maguire, who runs Alt Sounds. Did Alt run Alt Sounds? I don't know. I've, kept, I've lost the loop of that, to be honest. But Chris is doing really well. He's living in New York. Awesome dude. Yeah. And at the time, he was kind of managing you a lot, or doing he something, or recording you. He had a contract with us for the album, okay. so we were up there anyway. And he approached me and said, "Who done your artwork?" Because I've got some a band that would completely suit your style of stuff, and that's how I got that link in with you. With networking was kind of meeting you through doing work on your band. Yeah, which brings me into music more, and I think music is so important within networking. Yeah, even, even like like art and music, they really really go together properly go together yeah no I agree with seamlessly. that Seam, se- seriously seamlessly seriously <laughs> it's a new word seamlessly seamlessly <laughs> alright so going on from that obviously you've had to build your business you have a lot of friends down here now so you know you, you know like a Tyler you know people who do floors and stuff so you, when you were doing when you moved out of your <clears throat> your house yeah. Your, your shop, your tattoo shop into the cabin. Yeah. Like, obviously you didn't do all of that because I remember helping you paint the walls and stuff. Yeah. But that was just a small snippet. Who else did you call upon or who else offered their services to help you? So, with the work that I did when I first moved moved to Pembrokeshire, moved to Pembrokeshire, was I was labouring for a building company um, because I didn't have... I didn't know where I was going. I didn't have I didn't have anything set in stone. I was like, oh, I'm just coming down here now for the life and for the to raise children, you know, because it's the perfect place to raise children. Yeah. Um. And I ended up working as labouring, and it taught me so much. And the boys I was with were just so good. It'd be job and knock Friday, go for a surf. You know, it was a lifestyle for them and. They still do it, and they still and they're doing really well for they for themselves now with their business. They they like like Toby and Di, um, they Jones and Bradley Construction. I think I think it's known as that, or maybe. Um, but they um they taught me a lot, you know, like putting a nail in a wall or making a 
making a cement mix. You know, that's Man, like, I'm so bad at that stuff. Like, yeah. Kelsey was putting up a pic. Well, I I said to Kelsey, I'd put up a mirror. Yeah. Turns out I did it all wrong, and she was behind me saying, "Have you done it properly?" And I said, <laughs> yeah, I have. Put it on the wall. It was completely fucking wrong. And she was just sat behind me, like, "Are you sure?" Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not DIY Dave the big dick (laughs) but I'm like you know there's certain things I can do but there's a lot of things that I'll get people in to do and like now like if I can tattoo for a certain amount of money an hour hour, and then someone comes along and paints for paints my house for like I don't know like Sean one of my best mates yeah he's a painting decorator he just we'll transfer it into tattooing hours yeah that no, was, for that painting, was painting, painting, painting for the studio. That more than anything, it's just like that. That's how it works, you know. That's how I've all, that's how I've worked. I've always gone like, right, you've got you could have four hours in your bank, or I can pay you. Yeah. And for them, they go, well, you've got a waiting list of this long, so give me the four hours, and I'll work extra. Yeah. To put them in, you know, and get them, get that work done. Like, like one of my friends is a like. That makes rising floors, you know. Like I order the stuff in, and then he does that, you know. Yeah, no, and so it works, you know. Like, and you know, I'm on my third, third property now, or third sort of like place I've been tattooing from that I've sort of built myself. I've had the, the, the fucking two two a.m. finishes, three a.m. finishes, like the last place that we did. Like I changed it within nine days because I was going through such a difficult part of my life. Um. Yeah, it was. That was. Wait, so you've gone from the house to the cabin to the shop. So the the first one was the studio that was at at home, which was a spare room attached to like a tiled, another tiled room, which was classed as a waiting room and and like an area we like wash your hands and obviously prep. Um, That was like my house was like locked in half, and then from there, obviously. You physically can't move your head from your house, so I did like there was a um at our farm that we lived at. Uh, the Formula One truck. It right? was a Formula One lorry, um, a refrigeration lorry, um, and I, I had a, a chat with my ex father in law, and he said, "Why didn't you just put that together as a tattoo studio? It's at the front. You don't need to move it." So I got the wheels in motion with that. I think that took me a month while working. Um, I think I was still in the uh, steelworks. I think you'd finish by the time you'd just got into that. Finish? I don't know. Maybe I just finished. No, maybe I think I quit in July in the steelworks, and then this was like December yeah. that I did the um, the renovation on the other place. But at the time, I had a friend who was a builder, and he like plasterboarded all the walls. Um, I put all the woodwork in myself because I wanted to, I just wanted to cut corners. Well, not like ridiculously, but I just wanted to try and do it myself. So I put some like fake walls in with a lot of wood and then a plumbing like one of my really good mates, Owen, he's a plumber. He was like straight in there putting it all in. My stepfather's a plumber, so he was helping. Mm. Um, my uncle cladded all of the front with wood. And then one of the other that boys. That amazing. Yeah, that it was, was cool. so cool. It was yeah. really cool. Like one of the other boys, Joe, um, he builds stages now for Boomtown and Greenpeace. Um, and he um, he did my stairs for a few tattoos on his arm. You know, we did some. He's like, right, you could do what you want. I want some really old school stuff. So we ended up doing like man's ruin tattoos on him and like ended up, you know, 
I ended up having this amazing little space that I'd created. Um, we put a roof on it at one point, like the floor was all. I remember dressing. you talking about you wanted to put like a, like a rooftop sun deck on there. Yeah, I, I wanted to put a sun deck on there. Yeah. I wanted to put a conservatory as a waiting room as well. Yeah, I wanted the people to sit down, and chill out with a load of plants around them before they come in. They got tattoos, yeah. like without sounding it being hippie. That's the only there's no one else doing that anyway. No, no one else would want to. And it, it was, you know, it, like it got to that. It was unfortunately got to a point, but it's massively kicked me in the ass to to progress within my career. And now I own a shop, which is something I you dreamed always of from wanted. the start. Yeah, you always, I wanted. always wanted. But due to obviously my partner at the time not thinking it was needed because we had what what a lot of people thought was the best situation, the best setup. Mm. It it wasn't that way, you know, like. You can't leave work, walk up your drive, and be. In, you can't leave the house, walk up your driveway, be in work till from ten till six, and then walk back down your driveway and expect to finish work. Um, there's no transition period. No. There's no. I like, think people massively underestimate that commute. To yeah, work and, the commute to work is a really important thing. Mm. Like, you know, people sit on a tube for an hour to go to work in London, and they've got their music and they're listening to stuff themselves, and they got their they got the they're reading the, what, like Twitter or like checking their Instagram and then they can put their phone in their in their drawer, be in work and then pick their phone up and come back out. That's their, you know, that's their time. But you know, you end up if you haven't got a commute or like somewhere to listen to, like have your own space, then maybe you've got that like instant sledgehammer of life as soon as you. Like yeah. finish work, you know. I, I don't remember think... like coming home from work and my kids, like I would, would just get through the door and I've not even had a shower yet, and I'd feel like it's that time to the think. The blood isn't spores it? on my <laughs> yeah. and the ink on my leg, and I'm just like, do not touch my legs. I need yeah. to get in the shower, and they'd be like, the missus would be like, oh, go do this, go do that, and I'm not in a in a way of like, I've had enough of these kids or whatever. More like, can you just go and do this for me? Can you yeah. help with it? And I would just be. Uh, okay. in a state of like I need to get my stuff off but yeah um, but now we're in a shop in Narbeth. Um it's right next to the Eagle Inn um, that place took nine days to turn uh, around to turn around from record shop from a record shop uh, which was it was just basically a base it was, there, was, there was nothing in there was just four walls and uh, a wooden floor how do you how do you because before you you were in a cabin in, on a farm yeah like you weren't in the same not so much you weren't up to the standards because everywhere the tattooist you knew was in a shop like now you're in a shop do you feel like you're on the same yeah I feel that, a lot more respected yeah that's, that was the, that's uh, I feel like I feel like I'm really reaching a point where I'm like um, respected as an artist, um, and I, and I knew from I knew that it's not the right way to do things, but not, but I wasn't doing it the wrong way. I knew it wasn't the right way, but I wasn't doing it the wrong way. Yeah, if that makes sense. You were doing it in the way that you thought best. No, I did. I did it in the way that is is kind of is the best. You know, like I didn't, I didn't cut any corners. You know, I didn't like that. The the studio that was in like the refrigeration lorry like cabin log cabin thing if you were in there you didn't really realise that you were anywhere else you just thought you were in a tattoo studio yeah 
and especially after the second renovation. Yeah, the first renovation say. was was it needed refining, but I could only refine that when I knew exactly what I was doing and exactly what I needed as tattooist. Yeah. And then obviously we had more space in the second the second time I cut like like the most of the sink unit out because that was just a waste of space. Like yeah, because then steel then you took on Pat then as well. So you yeah, and I, had sp- I had I made room for. Patrick to come in. It wasn't intentional for Patrick, but it was for another artist or for guests because we we did have guests down um, from Crown of Thorns, um, Ash Boss. Uh, we've had like Sean Wainwright. Um, we also had Joe Phillips had come down, and obviously my my really good mate Robin Williams. Um, not Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I was gonna say. But, uh, the ginger Welsh one, um, who was now in feud, yeah, Cornwall, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, would you ever want to co- collaborate with any of those guys now? Like, oh well, I'm working at a convention with Robin uh, in two weeks time. Like, if you lash the cash up with Ash and um, Joe as well. I see Joe re- like I saw Joe in December. Like he's he's a really nice guy, you know, like. And his work is just amazing. It's, he's, it's good to see that he's doing well. But Joe's really concentrating on his family, which is the most important thing. You know? Yeah. Like, it's good. It's good to see. Like, I think for all this flaws, Instagram is and social media is great to to keep up to date with people without having to pester them. Yeah. You can see what they're doing, and if you see that there's a lull in what they're posting probably want to give your mate a text (laughs) (laughs) and if you can see a massive transition in what they've done and where they've gone you probably need to reassess how much of a friend you are to them (laughs) (laughs) because if you can see that they have just moved mountains to do something you probably just want to send them a message and go oh wait there what's happening there you alright mate which I had a lot of and I had a lot of people coming into the studio going Wow, why have you moved? Long story. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Ah, it's not that long. So, obviously, uh, in in the bit before the break, we spoke about a motto or mantra. And we spoke about your tomorrow never ends. No, comes. Uh, sorry, tomorrow never comes, my bad. Do you want to elaborate on that at all? On why? On, on why yeah, TNC. Live by it. So, but why, why did... Where did it come from? Yeah, where did it go? Okay, so where did it come from? The, the thing that... The Tomorrow Love Comes comes from my grandfather. And it... Crazy shirt grandfather. The crazy shirt grandfather. Brian, yeah. the casual racist Valley's man, <laughs> who loved smoking um, cigars, not chicks, who was known in the local <laughs> rugby club as sexy. Because <laughs> he used to let all the girls in free. Oh my God. He was a... Man of acquired taste, but I think I've <laughs> caught a bit of his charisma, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, Bry, good old Bry. He, um, yeah, he always used to say, if someone say, "Oh, I'll do that tomorrow," he'd be like, "Well, tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow's not a day in a bloody week. You know, Monday, Tuesday, you haven't got tomorrow after Tuesday, have you? No. <laughs> so tomorrow never comes. Get into it now. You know that that's the mentality I was brought up on. Like when my my parents put up at three. I primarily lived with my grandparents until I was like six or seven. No, five, no, five or six. But I spent a lot of time with my grandparents because my mum worked a lot 
um, being a single mum and all, and I would get picked up and taken to my grandfather's allotment, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I spent a lot of time with them, and it's probably ingrained into me that tomorrow never comes. And like with me now, I'm kind of like. <laughs> I'll answer that email tomorrow, and if I say to like to um, it's a bit of I shouldn't probably say this, but I say, oh, I'll sort that out tomorrow. Make sure I say I'll sort that out today, <laughs> or Monday, Monday, or specify a day. Specify a day with me, otherwise, tomorrow never comes. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to have in the studio. It used to say free tattoos tomorrow, and then on the wall behind me now it says tomorrow never comes. Um. So, and it's got a little Polaroid of uh, of Bry, yeah, <laughs> the casual racist, foul mouthed guy who used to fart in quick save. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, genius, absolute genius. <laughs> I know we touched on uh, on uh, mus- music before. <laughs> we touched on, um, but and you were talking about Mac Miller before we came back into this. Do you? Does does like because you're into your punk and stuff? Do you find that Mac Miller is now getting you motivated, or is that helping you focus? Because that Mac Miller to the Ramones, like they're very yeah, they're yeah two yeah. very different yeah, genres. Do you feel that the Ramones and Mac Miller have the same impact on you, or is that? Well, no, it's just like a lot of stuff I listen to is a lot of background music. So the softer is the sort of like. There's more zoning out I do. I suppose if I do like geometry stuff, I'll put a bit of like sort of maybe some DJ Shadow on, or you know, um, it it depends what we're all doing in the shop now. You know, it's not we we've got quite a sort of good system where we'll have a chat first about what we'll put on. It's like, right, it's your turn to put something on. Come on, Mm. I'm fed up doing something. You know, we have that here as well. Um, It's hard. It is hard, but. Like Patrick will put on a lot of like Britpop and his stuff that I haven't listened to. You know, you put like Ocean Colour Scene or something on, or well, Blur. He loves a lot of Blur. Yeah. So we'll put a bit of Blur on. Um, Mass, we have hit hit her off massively with our music because basically we want to listen to the Tony Hawk soundtrack. <laughs> um, so he's into that sort of stuff. And then I'll play something to him. Like this week I played him the chats. And every morning I come in to work. And the chats are on the site. But he's listening to <laughs> he's it He's listening now. to the chats. Mass is in what the, nationality is Mass? He's uh, Polish. And he's listening to Aussie cats. Aussie chats. Chats. <laughs> Bleep. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're... Um, we put... Well, like... I don't know if what we covered or how we looked at the music thing or on and whether we'll include a little bit from Reno. But I mean, I'll I'll mix it in. Cool. Um, if we can so, um, you name the track and I can put it in afterwards. Yeah, I've been listening like massively into um idols lately. Um they're no the political sort of stuff they've been churning out. Like I took my daughter to see them uh for a dad and, and daughter date day. Uh, to the Downs Festival last Saturday, um, they're awesome. They're really good, and it's good to. I think it's good to bring that sort of music to children. Um, like <laughs> she sits in the car and she'll shout, "Put Alice Cooper poison on!" <laughs> you know, like like we're, we're 
We, what did we listen to the other day? Is the song of Matilda? You know, like on the way, on the way, rusted root. Yeah. Um. So, music's a big part of my life, and you know, it's always mood based. So whatever I'm doing in work, kind of, you know, kind of, it, it'll always reflect that. Like, I used to listen to a lot of like Azalea dying, and every time I die, and sort of that's my wavelength. Yeah, sort of like hardcore. Um, no, that I don't think it's hardcore, but it's more, you know, it's heavier stuff. And, um, a bit of Slayer mixed in. Yeah, I was listening to Black Star on the Carnaway over here. Um, bit of Fleetwood Mac. It's all really relative to what I'm doing and how I do stuff. Like, I put on some, like, Mass Loves, a bit of Wu Tang. We have Wu Tang Wednesdays uh, a lot. Um, and I've introduced him to a few rappers. I'm gonna have to piss. Okay. Ew. Massively. I'm gonna have to take a piss. Banda skulls on. Right, we're up to an hour and twenty now. Right. What? <laughs> well, we're back into it. <laughs> Um, if you're having girl problems I feel bad for you son I got 99 problems my gunshot is one one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's touched on music yeah completely off now have you ever found that you feel overwhelmed with everything that you do, everything I do, yes. business wise, business wise, yeah. I'm obviously, personally, like uh, massively with work, I've learned to switch off the last year or two in answering messages. And that sounds like I'm rude, but as long as I got work for the next two weeks, then why the fuck should I be constantly worried about answering mails? Yeah. Like, I can't. It's not. It's a really difficult situation not to answer something at nine o'clock when you just want to be nice and say, "Look, I can do it. Just pop in and see me." Yeah. And I've got to that point now. Like now, I'm in a shop. It's like just fucking pop in. You know, before I was out the way. Like, if I'm not there, I'm not there. Like, 
Matt is there now, which is really helpful because it's like, oh, well, Matt's not in. He's booked up until a certain time. I can do that for you. So I think before I kind of fought it and I thought I could do everything myself. And when you when you start to realise that you can't do that, it's a really good situation to be in. Knowing that you do have the help to accommodate yeah, that. Like we have, we have, Brogan comes in once a week, does <clears throat> a diary, does my diary. Um, and she comes in on a Wednesday, which might sound bizarre to some people that someone comes in the middle of the week, but we primarily have a lot of messages to deal with on a weekly basis rather than a set day. So if she comes in on a Wednesday, if I've managed to have some time on the weekend to answer some messages on a Saturday, that's cool. And then I can try and like balance enough until I go or uh, till till that Wednesday, or I'll just say, give some message on Wednesday. We'll get back to you. You know, this always that. You know, yeah. A lot of people stuff. ask me like, how do I get in with Price? I'm like, look, Brogan's there on Wednesday. Drop her, drop him a message on Wednesday, and Brogan will pick it up and she'll chat to you. Yeah, it's Tuesday night. Tuesday night, send me a message. It'll be a top of the queue. Because I get a lot of people saying, well, you did, you looked at the message, but you didn't reply. Like, right, you, there's four people that have access to those messages. One of us could have been putting the kids in the car. One of us could have been at the shop. I looked at their phone, opened the message, and then put it back in the pocket. Yeah. So, I can't be accountable for that. <laughs> yeah. I might not have seen it. And then another three messages come on top. You know, that's, that's the reality of it. I'm not being rude. I just sometimes don't see it. And sometimes, I'm like... If you've been tattooed by me for ages before, and you think, "Oh, fuck, he needs to finish this. Why would he answer?" Or oh, he obviously doesn't like doing it. I'm not that type of person. I'll do anything. I'm not bothered by what I do, but it's more. Of, I will be in touch. And if you really want to do it, and you really want me to do it, you need to like constantly hound me because I'm a I'm a deal with it tomorrow person. Like yeah. I think every tattooist is as well every creative person kind of is they mm. want to like deal with that what's on their plate for tomorrow they don't want to deal with what's on their plate to book someone in fucking three months time as soon as I get a cancellation it's on my Instagram and it's it's fit for everyone yeah you know it's not like, like I get people going will you bear me in mind for a cancellation it's like right I can but First come, first serve. It's, it'd be nice to do it first come, first serve. The only way I've found I can do that is by putting a story out. And then if I don't get the work in that week, I don't get the work in. I get time to do other things. I've got a thousand other things to do. Yeah. You know? And if I don't, if I'm not doing, if I'm not tattooing, if I'm not doing washing for my three kids or painting the house for them or like doing a bloody mowing the lawn or fixing their bikes or recording the podcast recording the podcast at 20 to 10 on a Sunday night <laughs> and um, you know I probably need to do something for myself I think I've been surfing three times this year so is that what you do to wind down is that what you choose would you choose to go surfing to wind down or would you it's all weather dependent really you know like surfing is weather dependent I'm not saying that I'm ridiculous I'm not good at surfing I'm terrible I'm just I can just about be buoyant and survive the waves. But it's more of like, you know, that's a really nice way to wind down because you are one with sort of whatever's coming towards you, you know? Like, there's a, there's a place when you're surfing where it's like a place of, like, realising you're nobody, you know? And, like, 
when you're sat in some waves. And they're beating the shit out of you. And you, and can't do you think, right, this current could turn and I could be swept out. Um, and I'm just still organic matter in a wetsuit <laughs> <laughs> with something buoyant. I could hold on to this for a couple of days, but the fact is I'm going to be missing cheese. <laughs> I'll probably have a mental breakdown for cheese. Some kind of dairy Lee snack. That's beige. Yeah, that's beige, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, winding down is a few different things, really. Like, I've recently gone into a food Netflix series, but I'm never, not really, like, it's late at night for me, you know? Like, and if I'm watching something, I feel guilty that I'm not drawing for the next day, you know? Or, like, getting an early night so I can get in early to draw. Um, or answer emails, or do all the other shit that comes with tattooing. I think people forget that we do have lives outside of this job. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And I think in the day and age of technology we're in, people will message us at 9 yeah. o'clock at night saying, did you get my email? Yeah. Yes, I got your email. I recently had a message saying, um, a text message come through and it said, Matt, um, will you work on Christmas Eve this year? Well, I'm already booked up past Christmas anyway. I'm going to take two weeks off this year. Um, and I booked up sort of mid-Jan. And <laughs> I turned around and like, she's like, she said, she said, Matt, will you tattoo me and my siblings on Christmas Eve? It's very special to us. Um, and, you know, it'd be really nice if you could do it um, because it's the only time we're together. And my reply was simply, no. I've got three other little humans that are going to need me more than you'll ever need me on Christmas Eve yeah and that's Harry Bowen Bell that's my kids there's not there's not an ounce of me that would want to work someone said to me the other day charge them a thousand pound an hour like fuck that that thousand pound is completely not what I need like I need to see some really excited kids get in some pyjamas so they can go back to their mums and wait for Father Christmas to come and then they'll see me in the morning. You know, that that's what I want. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I don't really want to... I don't want to be sat in work on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like, that's not going to... That You could you could get me a, I don't know, golden-plated toilet seat on a yacht. Fuck that. I'd rather... <laughs> <laughs> That's a very wrong. I feel like you want that. No, it's a bit of Austin Powers in that. It's a bit of Austin Powers. I want to go and play toilet seat. It's not the bag, baby. So, in answer to that question, I forgot it. We got we got three questions left, um, but I might just. Summarise. Summarise. Summarise this. So where do you see yourself in a year's time, or your business in a year's time? Where do I see... And is there anything exciting coming up for you? Cool, right. So coming up. Um, Instantly coming up, we've got a flash day for charity on Friday. Friday 13th flash day with Get The Boys Lift, uh, which me and Mass are going to give our wages for the day to help get the boys lift sort of put money into what they do and 
sort of spread the word about mental health, which is super fucking important because it's affected all of us. However much you want to deny it or hide your head, yeah. Um, we've all been through it. We've all had fucking massive blips. Um, felt unworthy of whatever we've got, or you know, struggled to sort our lives out, and I've been one of them. Mm. Um, felt completely overwhelmed and out of my depth felt like I was a jug that was constantly <laughs> filling up, spilling yeah, yeah. a little bit out and yeah. then filling back up again until there yeah, was you, no you've, more you've gone through, spilling left yeah you've gone through all that yeah so um, but yeah we've got that first of all um, that's Friday 13th then the 21st of this month we have got my second only convention that I've ever worked uh, because I'm not really I'm in Pembrokeshire I'm completely out of the way of everyone I'm not really networking as much as I should, probably should be um, so we are working South Coast Tattoo Showcase in Bournemouth Pavilion with some fucking ridiculously good artists and I'm breaking it <laughs> um, so that's cool like Ben uh, from River City Tattoo Collective got us on that I've kind of internetly met him through Scott Pullen who was broadside tattoo in Swansea who's been working who did my back so that's nearly finished um, uh, yeah so I'm working with Robin as well Robin Williams he's coming with me and Mass it's Mass's first convention Mass has only been tattooing just under two years which is Incredible if you want to have a look at his work. He's Mas- Ma- Masu Tattoo. So M A S E U Tattoo. Do you want on to find Instagram. It? it is that. It is that because I've been typing it loads. Uh, uh, what else? I've got October the 31st. I'm flying up to Amity Irons um, in Long Island, New, New York uh, to work there again. This is my second guest spot in New York. Um, I met uh, met some people through Instagram a long time ago, and they flew me out to work on them and their partner. Um, Jack came out with me last time. Yeah, it's good fun. But he's now going to Australia this time. So we've got we've got that coming up. Uh, probably try and get back to London to see the uh, FMT lot as well. Yeah. Before the uh, um, diary's looking. Like a little round, but I'm sure I can move them around. Probably go up to have a little Christmas sort of guest spot with the boys in the well, world with Joe and uh, Chico. Yeah. Um. Go from there, really. I don't know. See what like the next two, like next, not next, not Friday. Uh, fr- yeah, the twenty first brings because like obviously going to be networking a bit. My aim is to do a bit more of like guesting around because so, I've just learned so much. I get really like involved with being in a team of people that I don't know and it's really nice to think you're completely out of your depth when you, you turn up somewhere and then you're really respected which I found bizarre um, so seeing my seeing the studio in the next year I can only see it do you think you're going to outgrow this in the next year do you think there might be a potential physically there's three of us there now and it's quite tight you know but Patrick's not um, doing a lot of work because he's hand poked so he's not doing as much as me and Mass are doing um, so 
you know, as long as we're taken away, I don't see it as we need to go any further yet. I think yeah. we've just literally, like, we've been in the studio a year now, um, or August Bank all day. So that's, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. It's been absolutely incredible. Um, and I live about five minutes from the shop. Mass lives about two minutes, and Patrick lives about five as well. So yeah. we've got this little thing going on where there's always one of us there at one point. It's, you know, it's it's quite cool. It's quite cool. It's quite quite nice now. There's, we could be, I don't know, another another bit bigger, but then we'd have the temptation of getting someone else in. I think. Yeah. And I think we're more more heads, more heads roll. <laughs> <laughs> more heads, more problems. More heads, more heads roll. Yeah. Um, I think we're at, we're at a point where we can do what we're doing for a bit and keep keep hacking away and just keep your head down and yeah, work away. Yeah, we just we just like working, like to a point. Um, we did think about looking into an apprenticeship sort of sister, like someone apprentice based. There's not enough room. We'd want a girl as well because we like heavily like it's three dudes there. We'd want a girl if anything, but it's a bit of a sausage fest. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, apart from that, in a year, maybe go down more of a route where we like doing some knockoff t-shirts, <laughs> um, and um, maybe selling some merch outside for a Prince concert. But I can't see anything else. <laughs> do you uh, want to leave it there? Um, or do you want to answer this last question? Go on, I'll, I'll answer the last question. So. Personal life changing moments that you feel have defined you. Yeah. Do you have any? Well, I do. But I'm not going to discuss it. Yeah, my kids, the big thing. The realisation of, you know, you've got someone to provide for and if you're self-employed, you know, having that is a massive, massive stress. Um my ex-wife was studying to be a lawyer which she is now well done she's good um and you know th- i think things got we spun too many plates on a roller coaster yeah. um and we we got to where we got via each other not anything else um you know we we are both equally to sort of not blame or blame or whatever, but um, you know the main thing that is what was from the start was our kids, and they still are the main thing that is really important to all of this. Yeah. Um, so my kids are the things that define me, and I think when I'm not tattooing, I'm with them. That's what I really want to be doing. That's my wind down time. That's my time that sort of time of discovery of myself as well um, and I can really learn from those kids because they are three ultimate awesome human beings yeah three little heroes yeah they are awesome you know like they they take massive interest in what I do and I take massive interest in what they do and we we've they, we've got a little <laughs> A dinosaur museum in the shed <laughs> with a glass cabinet full of bones that we found <laughs> and fossils that we've been chipping away at. Um, 
And then Bo, she's like loving her music and stuff at the minute. Um, she's she doesn't like ballet, but she's been pushed into it a little bit. She's got a rainbow, so hopefully that'll get her out of her shell a bit. And then Belly is just she's my four year old. She's just t- started full time school. They've had a lot to take on over the last year, and I think like learning. I've been learning from them as well. I don't think you quite understand I don't think you like as a person you understand the importance of your children until shit really it's the final and you've got nothing you know like <clears throat> spent two weeks or three weeks in your shed sleeping yeah <laughs> um, you turned it into a nice shed though I did turn it into a nice shed yeah. it's a good shed it's the curtains are still up there yeah um, we need to go get them back we do need them <laughs> uh, then moved into a flat we had bunk beds for the kids and made sure that I think that's the most important thing was like I tried and tried my hardest to make sure that they were the best also by look and tried to look after myself and try to be as happy as I could be and now I'm living in a really nice little place and I like I've got tattooing to thank for that because I could work wherever I, I was I wanted to work you know if I was at a nine to five job that I was in an office like they might have not been the overtime there for me to work. There's certain people that you don't know? suit nine to five office jobs, and we are two of them. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think um, the defining defining moments, like people think of divorce as a negative. I think I want to take divorce for me as a positive, um, and I'm sure Chris would have done the would do the same as well. You know, like she's happy and I'm happy, and we we're both with new partners, and we both. You know, discovering the world, the new world for us, um, and making sure that the thing that defines us the most always stays as the thing that's most important. Kids, which is the kids. Yeah. If that answers your question, that's a pretty decent answer. Is it? Yeah. And that's um, it. Yeah. So. It's all good. On on that final note. Thank you for listening. If you have been listening, if you've fallen asleep because I sound like Bob Ross, <laughs> Rob Boss, Bob, <laughs> spat everywhere. Oh, you dirty bastard! <laughs> um, there's also, just before we leave, there's a guy that Greg sent us. Greg is our friend from Long America. Island, from America, and he sent us a YouTube sensation the other day who is a guy. That is he doing stuff with Slate? And apparently he's now the new Bob Ross. So he's a Welsh guy. I must have missed this. You've I'll have to send it to you. Yeah. But we will put a link up on our story Instagram. Yeah. And somewhere on our Instagram on a story maybe or maybe on a post we'll do a little post. We've got um, our Instagram now. If you want to start following us, it is progression. Capital O over well not it's progression over destination. You'll find it without capitals. Yeah, well you will do. No capitals. The only capital around here is Saint David's. <laughs> it's got a very small cathedral. But yeah, thanks for listening to us talk absolute shit, shit for the last two hours. I think it's yeah. You might it might be less than this when you listen to it. Probably. Well, we'll we'll keep it as raw as we can. Um, um, but yeah, we... thank you for listening and. We're going to be back with Tammy Brewing Company. Yeah. If you have any questions you'd like to ask us or like to ask them, 
uh, email or Instagram message us and we will um, we'll put them in the show and if anyone is listening that doesn't like us fuck off <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this month's episode it was longer than expected as it is our first one we hope you found it remotely relatable and got some ideas from us we will have show notes up at some point online but again this is our first one and we're only just beginning if you enjoyed this month's episode then leave us a message on our instagram the handle is at progression over destination this would mean the world to us see you next time with tammy brewing